He said in verse, verse 19, he said, Now, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, and this is he that receiveth seed by the wayside. But he that receiveth seed in the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word of God, and anon, or immediately, immediately with joy, receiveth. Yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. But, there's that word, but he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Father, we're thankful again for the privilege of being in the house of the Lord. Thank gathering that I the stirring of the Spirit for the Word of God that you have allowed us, God, to look in. And I pray as we look into it, help us to remember that it looks into us. I pray that you would open our understanding, that you would fresh, refresh my memory and look my tongue to set forth this message in a way that, first of all, to glorify you, and number two, it would edify your people. And Lord, if there are people listening in, Lord, that, that is anything but a good ground hearer of the word, may you do a work in us. May you revive us, O God, that thy people may rejoice in you. Save the lost if anyone's listening or among us, and we'll praise you for the outcome because we ask in the name of Jesus, your Son, our Savior, all of God's people said, Amen. In verse, uh, in verse 18, he said, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. This morning I talked to you about the purpose of a parable. Tonight I'm going to start my message on the first parable that we find in Matthew chapter 13. One of seven of the mystery parables of the kingdom of heaven. If you remember, Jesus came to his own, his own received him not. In the book of 1 John, or in the book of John chapter 1, along about verse 10, 11, and 12, uh, he said he came to his own, his own received him not, but to as many as received him to them, gave him power to become the sons of God, even to as many of those that believe on his name. He came as a king to be a king, uh, to sit on the throne of the kingdom God had promised, and because the nation of Israel rejected their king, they looked for one that they expected him to come with pomp and glory. They could see the Old Testament prophecies. They understood. They understood that there was a suffering uh, someone, and yet there was a reigning someone. And because of their limited ability, could not understand um, that one person would fulfill both of those prophecies. So they were looking for someone to come, riding a, a, a white stallion, if you will, breaking the bonds of Rome and establishing a kingdom. And when Jesus did come in that manner when they watched him die when uh, when he cried on the cross and said it is finished they were happy they thought that they were done with him but listen when they rejected his offer of the kingdom Jesus rejected them in this period of time 
the seven parables of the book of Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, Luke chapter 8, and those two uh, extra chapters in two different books of the synonymous gospels, they do not give all the parables of Matthew 13 does, but they parallel them. They, they are, are synonymous with them. They agree with one another. But Jesus tells us during this period of time, which is the church age, the age that you and I live in, friend, he tells us what the kingdom of heaven will look like in mystery form. It will be made up now of, of four different types of soil, of of wheat and tares, of good fish, of bad fish, of, of, of the pearl of great price, of the treasure found in the field, of, of the leaven that was hid in three measures of meal by a woman. Hey, friend, he tells us about this age that we know as the church. It is the age, by the way, according to Acts chapter 15, out of which God has taken a people for his son. So it's not all bad. Now you say, preacher, why do they call them the mystery parables? A mystery, friend, is a divine secret. It's something that until God reveals it, until God uh, illuminates our mind to it, cannot be searched out by the greatest theological mind, uh, the greatest intellectual mind, the greatest natural uh, ability mind that man could ever possess. It has to be something that God shows to us. And in this chapter, friend, we have seven parables. Now listen, this is as important Two of which are given interpretation. You say, why are they given interpretation? I read to you the interpretation of the parable of the sower. It is so given so that we can, without a doubt, understand the parables. Everybody say amen. Well, look, we have eyes to see with, ears to hear with, and those that want to see, those that want to hear, can, by the grace of God. So he gives us parables. Now let me tell you something as you turn to Mark chapter 4. He gives us parables for two reasons. This is amazing. I remember a, a, a great, um, I don't know how great it was, but I remember a conversation about, uh, about you know, this, this particular idea. I'm not sure it was this particular verse out of Mark chapter 4, verse 13. Uh, but man, uh, look, when, when you're not real deep in the Word of God, you're liable to think and say a lot of things. The people just could not get their teeth in this thing. Now look, if you remember, I read to you this morning that Jesus said this was done, that it might be fulfilled by the prophet he says. You remember that? Chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, parallel the book of the book of, of Psalm, and I believe it's Psalm 72 or 78. You all can look them up if you read the whole book. You'll, you'll, you'll find the Psalm in that speaks of what is known as judicial blindness. It is the same kind of judgment that God brought upon a man by the name of Pharaoh in Egypt. God was ready to bring his people out. The Bible tells us that, quote, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Can I tell you what? Listen, Pharaoh hardened his heart by closing his ears, by closing his eyes to the truth of God's Word. And when we reject the Word of God, when we fail to hear and heed the Word of God, listen, friend, whether we accept it for the positive, reject it for the negative, the Word of God has an effect upon us. Can I tell you what preaching does? It demands a decision. I can teach to you Wednesday night. 
It's one of the things that bothers me about this age of teaching pastors. Teaching is great. It's a gift. Pastors must be able to preach and teach if they understand the Word of God correctly. But can I tell you, teaching doesn't demand a decision. I teach on Wednesday night. We have a moment where we invite people to the altar to pray if they choose. But teaching, though we you across the same words, the same book, the same truths, the same thing, it doesn't demand of us a decision like a clear proclamation of a message from the Word of God by a man of God when he's proclaiming, heralding the Word of God. People need to make, people are making it. Keith, it's good to see you, by the way. God, love your heart. I just saw you. Good to see. Can you hear me? I was going to say, if you can, I'll get him to turn it up or I'll turn this up, one or the other. Amen. Well, look what he said in 4 and 13. Listen, there's so much. You pray that I'll stay sort of along my outline and structure. Listen to what he said. He said uh, in verse, let me pick it up. I said in verse 13, I'm going to get that one in a minute. But he said, look look what he said in verse 11 and 12. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest that at any time they should be converted and their sin should be forgiven. Listen, I don't understand judicial judgment like I would like to. But I know it's holy. I know it's right. I know God does it for a purpose and if you look back over in verse 15 of chapter 13 of Matthew and it says and their eyes have they closed. Everybody look up here at me tonight. If you're saved and you told me you were, we can see what these parables are intended for us to see because we're saved. Well that's good if I am doing the preaching of it. Now look, you say, you, you, I, I, I told you I wasn't going to spend much time on it. Matter of fact, I already spent more time than I thought I would. Look, look, look at what the purpose, look at what, look at what a parable, look at what a parable does. Look, look at this parable, not what a parable does, but look at this parable and God's intent for it was. Now, I read to you the interpretation of the parable of the sower. And it's important, two of seven, two of seven are interpreted by the Lord, by, by the Lord. He gave four in public, uh, three in private, or maybe three in public, four in private. You have to check me out on that, but it's one way or the other. But thank God, listen, the disciples had sense enough to ask him behind the scenes when the crowd was gone, when they were ready to go to bed, or after someone blew out the candle and said, Lord, can we ask you a question? Explain that parable, would you please? So look, listen. We cannot understand this first parable of supper. We may as well close your books and never look back at a parable. Listen to what it says. Verse 13 of chapter 4 of Mark. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? How then shall ye know all parables? For people that are in the light, people that have their eyes open, people that have their ears open, we're supposed to be able to understand a parable. Now, what is a parable, preacher? A parable is something that is cast alongside. That's exactly what it means. It means, and you've heard this definition probably all your life as I have, a parable is an earthly illustration or story that conveys a heavenly meaning or message. It is laid down to explain something familiar. It is laid down to explain something that is eternal. 
Is that, is that a good way to say it? So a parable is simply something cast. Like, did anybody come up with a parable today? I'll stop and listen to it right now. Anybody? Now look, I'm going to tell you what Jesus did on this day. What Jesus did here at the Sea of Galilee. What he did this day when he fired off seven Some people say there's eight in the book of Matthew. I can can never really make up my mind, so I'm going to stick with seven, the conventional, traditional uh, statement. To to have Jesus, friend, to fire off seven of those, just one right after another, bam, 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 is remarkable. It shows the genius of our Lord and our Savior. (coughs) Pretty amazing. So a parable is an amazing thing. Now look, a parable, listen, please listen to this. A parable is intended to teach one great truth. Now we're going to have different parts. We'll see this as I go down through this rather quickly. But the intent is to teach one main thing. And when we look at parables, we need to understand them in the context and where we are to find them. So now let's look at the parable in the book of Matthew chapter 13, if we will. And we'll take it apart as Jesus said. I want you to know something. Verse verse 18 is important. I lifted that up to some degree this morning. The word here is found in in, in verses, I believe it is 10 or uh, through through 18 several times. But Jesus wants us to hear. Can I ask you all something? What's used to come to church if you come not to hear? And let let me pick one more thing up for the bridge to finish the bridge. This parable is not as much about me speaking as it is about you hearing. These these different soils have the idea behind them that it is imperative. Everybody heard me say imperative, say amen. Mean that it's that 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 it's a necessity. You gotta have it. You you can't do anything. I mean, I mean, without hearing, there's no use to try to do. We have to hear, and how we hear will determine the effect that the word has on your heart. And that's where I'm going. I grew up all I grew up on my well, you step on my toes, preacher. And it dawned on me one time. I wasn't real old in the ministry. I dawned, I'm thinking, man, bless God, I'm not aiming at your feet, I'm aiming at your heart. So either you're putting your feet in the wrong place or I'm a bad aimer, one or the other. I, I've not figured that one out. I know what people mean. I understand what people mean. But I'll, look, friend, let's take some inventory. We're getting ready to go on a revival here, right? Let me ask you a couple questions. How many of you need a revival? Say amen. Now, it's different. Listen, what I'm going to ask you, what I'm going to ask you is different than needing one. We may know we need one, but that doesn't mean we want one. How many of you want one? Well, if you want one, that means you'll do something to get one. Amen. And getting one takes some work. It, and one of the works that it takes is to lay our heart open before God. Can I ask you all? If you just said, hey, Lord, here it is. Look, look what's in there, what's not. You let me know. You help me get it out. You work with me. Hey, I'll be honest with you. I may not like it, but here it is. Man, I'm telling you, I still, look, we're living in a day when people mock churches like us that have a week of revival. God help them. They think we're wrong. They think we're missing the mark. They think we're foolish. 
But I'll tell you what, how could it hurt getting together at a stated place for a stated reason near the Word of God preached on a series of nights coming together to sing praises to worship? How could that not be a good thing? What a day we're living in. So look at what Jesus said. First of all, he said, hear the parable of the sower. That's the title of this first parable, the parable of the sower. We hear the parable of the sower and the seed, but according to Jesus, it's a parable of the sower. He said, when, any, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth the way that was sown in his heart. Now let me back up a little bit before where Jesus starts. We have here a picture of a man who is a, in possession of seed. And his job is to sow the seed. Anywhere there's ground, anywhere there is terra firma, let me say it that way. Look, can I tell you what? The Word of God is always in place. Oh, let me say that again. I'll need some help after it this time. The Word of God is always in place. There was this guy by the name of Tom Malone. He was a pastor of a great church out in the Midwest, maybe in Michigan. And I'm telling you, he said him and his wife had the same telephone number for 50-some, if not 60-some years. He said somebody had called me, and, and, and uh, they began to ask her, so-and-so, and I'd say, that's not this. This is Brother Tom Malone or whatever. And I said, oh, no, look, I, I'm sorry, I've got the wrong number. He said, oh, no, wait just a minute. You've got the right number. Do you know Jesus? He said, listen, you can never give the gospel to the wrong person. Are, are you all getting this? Hey, when them telemarketers call, say, hey, wait just a minute. I don't want what you've got to offer, but I've got something that you need to get. Amen. They'll hang up on you. They'll take your number off the list without asking. You get in a crowded elevator and say, how many of you know something about Jesus? Bless God, they'll all get off at the next floor. I'm telling you, folks, we're living in. So the sower, friend is an important part of this whole thing. I mean, I mean to tell you, the sower, listen, somebody, somebody has got to give out the Word of God. But listen to what I'm going to say. This sower can be the speaker like I am tonight, but, but I want you to know he's got to do some preparing. Hey, hey but, but look, it's not as if, unless we come with the right kind of heart, we'll not hear whether or not the speaker is good or not so good. If I'm lousy, and by the way, hey, everybody listen. There are times when you think I'm lousy, it's not my fault. Did y'all hear what I had the audacity to tell them? When I go away, when y'all go away from here after church some Sunday morning or evening, and I preach, and I say, well, Tom missed it. He didn't have it today, did he? It may not be my fault. Now, we miss it sometimes, don't we, Josh? But it may be that you're not prepared to hear what the Word of God has for you. Well, the preacher didn't have much spirit about him today, did he? I mean, I might be up here turning cartwheels and sit by bless. God, it was drier and dust in that place this morning. Anybody ever been guilty of that? I'll tell you what. Now look, not only is there a sower, but there is a seed. You say, what's a seed, preacher? I believe everybody knows. I'm going to spend a moment on this. It is the incorruptible Word of God according to the book of 1 Peter chapter 23. 
And this word of God that we preach is alive. It has power. Bless God, it will produce life and it will change lives. Anywhere where it's given the opportunity to take root, you can't stop it from fruiting. You, hey, if it falls in ground deep enough and lays long enough, it will germinate and produce something in our life. No power on earth keeps it from doing that. But I'll tell you what, friend, it's got to have a place. Listen, it's living. It's life-changing. It's, it, listen, and can I tell you, friend... In this parable, everybody listen now, the problem, you already know this, I'm just affirming, confirming what you know, but the problem is not the sower or the seed. I've heard some of the most pitiful preachers I've ever heard in my life, but when I listened to the word of God that they gave, I was always able to get something out of it. Style has nothing to do with it. I know I'm loud, I, I know I'm kind of animated. All kind of, over, over when I was in Jamaica, they said, Preacher, you're a little animated, aren't you? I said, maybe a little. You know. I mean, I, I just can't help it. I mean, I, I, mean I, I wish I were in some degree a little more reserved or a little more whatever to have better effect. But I, don't, I just got to be me. You know what I'm saying? Got to preach as God gives it to me. It's not about delivery, but it's about what's being delivered. I'm going to tell you why a lot of people don't like my preaching. They don't like, it's not anything to do with about my, my method. It's about my message. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm as confirmed in that in my heart as I can be about anything. Listen, the problem with no fruit, when the, when the seed is sown, bless God, it's not with the seed. It's with the ground. Now look, so let's get to the message. And I'm getting real close to being done, although I'm not done. The soil. In this parable, we find four different types of soil presented to us. It speaks of the readiness of our heart. Whether or not we're receptive. Now look, let, let's be honest. Everybody to be honest in here tonight with yourself with God don't say amen out loud unless you just feel like you need to but say in your heart yeah Lord I'll be honest with you about myself in this message tonight if everyone in here is honest we'd all have to stand and testify and say you know there are times Tom I'm not prepared to come to the house of the Lord I never will forget when I was first being trained to, to do groups as a counselor and they, they, they teach you to do what's called icebreakers and one of the icebreakers, one, one that, that, that I love above all the others is, I want to ask you a question to the group. Are you here, not here or getting here? Now, there's some people that are physically present, but they're not here. There's some people that are here, and they're still getting here. And there are some people that come, and they're here. Hey, I can see your body. I can see you physically, but I can't see your mind and your heart. And let me tell you something, friend. Your job to listen is much more difficult and challenging than my job to be speaking. I sit where you sit. I know what it is. I listen to all kinds of preaching. 
And you know what I got to do? I got to hit repeat, repeat, repeat. So it's important. It is important that we come, friend, with our hearts conditioned and ready in relationship to hear the Word of God. Now, all of us fit into one kind of this soil. But let me ask you something. Be honest with yourself. Do a little bit of personal inventory. What kind of heart do you have? What kind of heart do you have? Do you have a heart of only casual interest? You have a heart that, uh, that, uh, that, that at one time seemed sincere and even confessed when, uh, confessed when things came that, but when things came that crossed you or challenged you, you, read, you ever met anybody like that? Man, they'll come. Well, I had people that we grew up with, used to pastor, and uh, 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 you, you know, every revival, they'd come get fired up. Man, they'd testify. They'd be gone for three months, six months, and never sell. And they'd come, and better, bless God, they'd be hitting the floor, shouting, and all this kind of stuff. And you know what? When the dust settled, you wouldn't see them again for six months. I mean to tell you, look now, friend, there's all kinds. Okay, what kind of heart do you have? Do you have a heart that, that's ready to receive the Word of God and produce some kind of uh, fruit? Or are you ready to quit all the time? Well, that, that, that hurt me. Yeah, bless God, I don't like that. He's talking about me, you know. I mean, look, there are people that get offended by the Word of God. Now listen, if I offend you because I am who I am, I'll apologize. But if the Word I preach offends you, you need to take that to the Lord. Don't waste my time. I'll pray for you, I'll love you, but I can't do jack about that, you hear me? Can't change that for you at all. And I want you to know something. I want you to know something. If the word finds a place to root, it will fruit. Fruit is the key to this thing. Y'all hear? Fruit is the thing that uh, Jesus said determines whether or not the ground is good. Well, you say, preacher, that uh, shallow ground here, he got excited with joy. Uh, he immediately received it and did good for a while. Yeah, but because there was no depthness in this person, they produced no fruit. You say, were they saved? No, they weren't saved. There's only one person in this group when we're preaching this as a salvation message. There's only one kind of heart that is a saved heart. And that is a heart that receives the word of God and produces fruit because they've received it. Everything else, friend, everything else is not true. Is not true. Can I tell you, our hearts can harden. And it's manifest, friend, and it manifests the characteristics of these different soils that are here. So let's just, let's just get on with them. First of all, he said this. When one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was so sorry, this is he that receives seed by the wayside. This is a heart. Now listen to this. Listen, listen to what I'm, this is how I'm going to preach this. That comes to the house of the Lord, comes to the right place. That does the right thing to a degree. But they fail to receive the necessary thing. Are y'all with me? Now, we're all guilty of this, if we'll be honest and say amen, but we're all guilty on occasion coming, like I was saying a few minutes ago, to the house of the Lord unprepared. Let me ask y'all something. 
How many of y'all expect the preachers getting this pool? How many of y'all expect Brother Alan Stewart to be prepared every night to preach to you when he comes? Say amen. Why shouldn't Alan Stewart be expecting you to be prepared to receive what he's going to preach? Now look, I, I, I know what it is to work an eight, ten hour job. Been there, done that. I, I know what it is to be a husband with a young family. To have to cut grass and to do all the maintenance and do all this stuff. On top of that, I, I did preaching and radio ministry and visitation. So don't try to stack yours up against mine. What I'm saying is we've all got challenges. Right? But let's face it. We've all got time to do what we feel that is valuable. People say, I don't have time to do that, preacher. You know what I hear? Well, you, you don't think that's important. We find time, yea, we make time for what we believe to be important in our life. Listen, can I tell you, having a little bit of prayer time before you come to the house of the Lord, reading a few verses of Scripture, spending a moment in meditation, thinking about the blessings of God, we revolutionize this place and your participation in it. Can I tell you what I used to hear growing up all the time? You're not going to get anything more out of a service than you're willing to put in it, and I'll say amen to that right there. You come, listen now, with an uncultivated heart. It, 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 I mean, how many of y'all, listen, I learned this hard way. I'm going to testify on myself. How many of y'all come and expect the devotional to get you ready to worship? Hey, time out. That's about 15 to 35 minutes too late. You ought to walk in this place. I can give you a passage out of the psalm. Enter into his gates, into his courts with praise and thanksgiving. You don't come here and expect the war of the devotion to get you in the spirit of worship. We're to come that way. That's good preaching. Now, I learned the hard way. I mean, young and dumb, you learn so many things as... As a preacher, hopefully, I used to depend. I remember, and I learned this early. I used to remember how I'd depend on the devotional to help determine how I'd preach. Man, I learned a hard lesson I have not forgot to this day. Listen, I hope our devotion's good. The Spirit's been good in here today, amen. We didn't have as many testified tonight as we did this morning, but I'll tell you what, the Spirit is good in this place. I can pretty well tell when it is and when it isn't, by the way. But I have learned that I'm not going to let either the, uh, the presence of or the lack of a good spirit in here because you come unprepared, you come with uncultivated heart. I best get mine stirred up and be ready to preach when they say, all right, come on, preacher. Amen. Now, it's good when we merge and meet together like the dovetails of your lesson and this message. I still think it's dovetailing together. But even if it doesn't, I've got to be prepared. We would all benefit our worship and more than this, ourself as we seek to glorify God if we come prepared. Listen, friend, listen. Let me ask you a question. If your uncultivated soil is hard, why is it? 
what, what has happened? Do you know, you know what makes a, a garden, a piece of ground get hard? Nobody tends to it. Man, I remember preaching down in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, and I, I, I preached on the, of the plow. Man, I'm telling you, I remember that message. Never been able to repeat it. I've wanted it. But can I tell you, the plow disturbs the soil. Let's face it, we live in a generation and in a society that doesn't like to be disturbed. But, how's your heart when you come? Number two. He said in verse 20, but he that received the seed into stony place, and he's saying, man, here's the right kind of ground. He, I mean, this dude's got it. He that received the seed in the stony ground is the same that he that heareth the word and anon with joy receive it, yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth, the cause of the word by and by he is offended. Let me give you a good verse that you ought to stick in your heart and in your mind. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. I see more people give up and turn back because they say, well, I've been offended. Lord God, if I'd have quit when, when that first started to happen to me, I'd have never got out of the starting gate. I mean, I mean to tell you, you know what we've got to do? We've got to get over ourselves. Hey, we're not as important as we think we are. Now, don't, don't, don't let me make you think I don't believe we're not important. That's not what I said. We are what I said. We're just probably not as important as we think you. This place will go on without all of us when it's our time to leave. This church is here way before T.K. Price came. And if the Lord doesn't come, it'll be here way after he leaves. Well, what's a couple of things I've got written down? Hey, the stony place, listen, listen now. Here's the thing about the stony It looks good. You look at that, you look at that soil on the surface and say, man, it looks rich. Man, look at that dirt. Look, look at that dirt. You pick it up and you, you feel a little bit of it. But you know what? It was deficient. It was deceitful because it advertised readiness. But in reality, it had no depth to it. As long as something exciting was going on. They received the word with joy. Well, they received it anon. They received it quickly. Y'all remember Brother Alan Stewart, and I hope he preaches it this week on that message. Is it happy, 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 happy? Y'all remember that? Well, as long as you can make people happy, bless God, they'll be coming. But when you begin to reprove and rebuke and exhort with long suffering and sound doctrine, Bless God, they know where the door is to go out just like they found it coming in. Can I tell you what? You're not going to like this. I even really hate to say it. It's my job. It is my job to get in your stuff at times. To reprove you and to rebuke you. But guess what? It's for your benefit. If I were your doctor and you had cancer, what would you want me to do? Give you a lollipop and tell you to go home and enjoy life? Or tell you, listen, buddy, if you've got any business to set in order, you best be doing it if you're not planning on having this surgery and taking this radiation. Y'all are with me, aren't you? 
Now this, this, this stony soil, it looked good. I mean, it, it looked good. And these people are excitable. I mean, they get happy, happy, happy. And they are either listening, friend, unable or unwilling to allow the Word of God to go deep. But can I tell you all something? The problem with it is, is the rock underneath the soil. And if you're not careful, you say, well, look, there's dirt and then there's rock. You can't do anything with rock. You go back there and ask my brother what my daddy taught me and him about rocks. You can throw them out of the way. What do you want us to do today? I want you to throw. Now listen, I love to throw rocks until my daddy said, you've got to go to the strawberry patch and throw every rock you find out of it. I hated throwing rocks. Ask Doug what I did with a lump of coal one day. After daddy said, you best not throw any more coal. Man, I caught him right between it. You remember that? I was begging him. Blood was running. I said, don't tell Molly and daddy. Like, I mean, he's got a big hole in his forehead right there like they're going to miss that, right? I knew dad would wear me out, and he did, by the way. But I deserved it. I mean, I mean, I mean, if you think, look, there may be rocks under, but look, friend, we can move those out. Dad taught us how to get rid of them, and I believe, I believe we can. Look, you know what? If we've if we have got stony place soil, you know what we need to do? We need to pray to get the place, to get to the place where we will say, Lord, you show me. You show me whatever it is, and whatever it is that you want me to do, that's what I'll do. Whatever I need to get out of my life, whatever I need to cast out to give that soil enough room and depth uh, to, to produce fruit to receive the seed, I'll do it. Number three, y'all ready to go now, and I'm not quite done. Look at verse 22. He also that receives a seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world and it becometh unfruitful. I'm going to tell you, friend, this type, I'm afraid, is all too familiar today. It's a telling type. It, it, it tells us that, that there are too many things that are in our heart, wrong things, too many priorities. They could be good things. They could be even the good things of life. But friend, listen, if they crowd out the things of Jesus in his place, they're the wrong. Y'all know what thorns are a picture of, don't you? Picture the world. I mean, when Adam and Eve sinned, God cursed the ground, and he said, look, Adam, thorns it's going to bring forth. They plattered a crown of thorns and put it on the head of our Savior. It's a picture of the curse being placed upon him. And if we don't have room for God's word in our heart, listen, we've got the wrong things in there. I need to move some out. So here's what we're going to ask. Let's ask God to show us, even to the point of convicting us of the wrong things that are in our heart and just how little room we have. For him to operate. Can I tell you, friend, and I, I, I don't I don't listen, I don't really relish saying this, but I have people come up to me and tell me what their problem is all the time, and they won't do anything about it. They know their problem and know what they ought to do and ought not to do, what they aren't doing and what they should do, they won't change. They say, I can do this, but I don't do that. I ought to do this, but I can do that. And let's finish on the good ground. He said, but. He that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Getting close, Judy, but just not yet. 
This should be our desire. This should be our desire to have this kind of soul, soul where the Word of God can find a place to root and fruit. Now turn with me, if you will, right here in Matthew 13. Stick your finger there. Hit Mark chapter 4. Stick a finger there. Hit Luke chapter 8. Stick a finger there. And I'm going to highlight some words that we find in these different passages of Scripture. Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke chapter 8. And these all go together. Listen to what he said. He that heareth the word. I'll get it to you in just a second. Y'all find those three chapters, stick your fingers in. We'll go back to Matthew 13 and we'll look at verse 23 first of all. All of these parables and these three gospels or records of the gospel will say key factor is, is he, meaning he, she, they, hear the word. In other words, they've got to be sitting where it's proclaimed. Y'all got that. I know you do. But here's the first key. It's not only got to be heard, it's got to be understood. In order to bring forth fruit, and I just got something from heaven. I believe, I'll, I'll check this out, but I believe it'll fit. Remember I told you I talked this morning about the 100-fold, 60-fold, and 30-fold? I want to just about guess. When a, when a person, and I'll give you these other two words, y'all just stay where you're at. When they understand it, receive it, and keep it, they'll produce 100%. If they understand it and receive it, they'll produce 60 if they just understand it, they'll produce 30. Thank you, Lord. That came straight from heaven. And I'll guarantee you there's connection to that. There's no doubt in my mind. Listen to what he says in verse 23. He that heareth the word and understandeth it will bring forth fruit. It is important that we understand what we hear. If we are saved... If our eyes are open, friend, if we're open to the Word of God, God will let us see more than what we see. If we're saved and our ears are open, ready to hear, He'll let us hear more than what we've already heard. We'll understand it. Now, listen, listen. I know I'm not always clear in my presentation. When I'm not, come to me and tell me, explain this. I want to understand this. Look at Mark chapter 4, and it is verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, as hear the word of God, and look now, and receiveth it. Listen, friend, it's one thing to hear the word of God, it's another thing to receive it. One thing to let it in, let it take root. Now listen, you know what, you, you know what something taking root will do? It'll get in the way of something else that's already rooted. It'll take up a place, it'll take up room. Something else has to go. If the Word of God takes root, that means something else doesn't have place to take root. Are you all getting this? We've got to hear it. We've got to understand it. We need to receive it. We ought to say, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm waiting. Let this message feed me, touch me, challenge me, change me, charge me, cleanse me, stir me, feed me, help me. John Moore, love him. Oh, he was, he was just a great man in my life. Great friend of mine, and Doug's grandfather, S.D. Gerald. Deacon in the church. When I was a young preacher. He used to sit, you know, first or second seat back, and he said, man, listen, you was preaching good tonight. 
He said, but I was watching and I was listening. He said, I saw you wind up getting ready to throw a pitch. And I looked up and that ball was coming straight at me. And he said, when I got right before me, he said, I just moved over that way and let it hit Joe behind me. I mean, he used to do it joking. That's what he was doing. Do you do that with the Word of God? Do you hear something and think, well, that's not for me. That's for somebody sitting behind me. That, that, hey, listen, it may not be for you now in the immediate, but I'll guarantee if you hear it from heaven, it's for you now. Y'all understand the difference in that? You, you may not need it in the immediate present when you hear it, but you need it in the immediate present, to put it in your arsenal, to put it in your reservoir of, of wisdom and of experience so that when you get to that place you need it, the Holy Spirit's able to reach in and pull it out and say, remember that Remember that message, Pastor? Pre that, here it is. Are you all with me? So we need to not only hear, we need to hear with understanding, and we need to receive what the Word of God says. Do you know what I take person, personal? I take preaching personal. I preach to a congregation. We got a good Sunday night crowd. How many we got, Jason? 102. That's a pretty good crowd for Sunday night. I'm thankful for it. It was 204. But I'm glad. I'm thankful. I'm happy that you're here. I preach to over 100 people tonight, but I preach to you individually. This message is for you personally. People say all the time, preacher, are you preaching to me or at me? I look at them and say, yeah. Take it any way you want. I am. And when I'm on the receiving end, I'll sit over there and I'll pray. I'll sit back there and I'll pray. Lord, I need this. Help me to hear it. Help me to get the message. Help me to change me. There's a lot of times if you're a preacher, you understand what I'm talking about. You're preaching with that preacher. You're even ahead of him. You're wondering if this is a track that he's going to take. And this is the next verse of scripture he's going to quote. But that still doesn't mean we don't, ought, we don't want and we ought not as men of God receive the word of God. We all need to receive the word of God. And you know what? When we're doing it the right way, we receive it whether we like it or not. Whether it's what we came to get or not. Whether it feels... Can I tell you what? Sometimes coming to church absolutely beats a person up. Hey, it's not all about coming here. And I'll just use those words again, being happy, happy, happy. I believe if church is done right, sometimes we ought to leave here feeling so bad we can't wait to get home to our prayer closet and have a talk with Jesus. Go somewhere besides the remote, the lazy boy in the refrigerator. I'm just preaching tonight now. I know what I'm talking about. I like having a good time. I like feeling good. We've got to hear the word of God. We've got to understand it. got to receive it. Bless you, Judy. Here's the last one. Chapter 8 of the book of Mark. And they were all happy with that last statement. Here's the last one. But that on the good ground are they which are which in an honest and good heart, having the heard the word of God, keep it, and it bringeth forth fruit. Can I tell you all, if you understand this or not, we are in a battle every time the word of God is preached. Y'all know that? We're always in a battle. We we listen, friend, we have a spiritual foe. He can't always be seen. He can't always be felt. can't always be heard. But he's always around. 
And when we fail to listen now, understand, receive, or keep the Word of God, guess what the devil does? Either he or the minion will come and, like a bird. Y'all ever see birds eating, plucking things up? That's what the devil does. You say, he does that to a believer? It's my little head. Yeah, he does. You, now, I, I don't know, you get a certain age and memory isn't as crisp as you'd like for it to be. I, I, I couldn't wait for Josh to hear our message last night, where, last Sunday, where none of us could remember his text. I had just texted him a couple of hours before intensely intending to remember it, and I couldn't remember. I'll, hey, I'll have people to call me on Monday and say, what did you preach yesterday? I'd say, did I preach? I mean, I understand the human error and the human nature. Listen, friend, we know when the Word of God comes to us and God is speaking. We always ought to hear the Word of God. Say amen to that if you agree. But there are times we better hear the Word of God. There are times that it touches my heart like, like, I mean, you know, you better get this. You better, you better get this. And you say, how do we keep it, preacher? Well, we meditate on it. We heed the instruction that we find in it. We accept the correction that it brings. We follow the exhortation that it provides. We fight to keep the enemy from stealing it from our heart. You say, how do we do that? Well, look, in this day when technology is so great, we can listen to it again. You can dial any of these messages up and thousands of other greater men than T.K. Price to hear the Word of God. Listen, what I'm saying is what I'm proposing. Whatever it takes to keep the soil soft, receptive, ready to receive the seed, to take root and bear fruit, we need to do it. That's as good an admonition as I can give you tonight. We need to take the Word of God, whether it's a positive thing in a personal way or not. People, friend, listen, that have good ground, good soil to heart for those kind of people. Every head bowed, nobody looking.